Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved family. How are you? We are live. I am here and alive. It's not an encore. It's, it's, uh, we're running too many encores lately, and I truly apologize to you, but I love it when we can be live, and we are. Um, I pray that you're doing well. And um, I think it was yesterday or the day before, I have to look at the date, uh, I get live site news every single day. And it's because of the Station of the Cross um, Catholic Radio Network that I'm on, LifeSite News, because LifeSite simply came to st- live stream um, what the Station of the Cross, uh, what I was doing with them. And so we are live stream on thestationofthecross.com, on their Facebook page, on LifeSite, on YouTube, and all of that. It's truly wonderful. Um, <clears throat> and so I get LifeSite news every day. I don't know of more reliable Catholic and world news than LifeSite news is. Um, and I, I can trust it. It's so good to have a site that you can go to and trust um, and support uh, both LifeSite news and the Station of the Cross. We had a fun drive last week on the Station of the Cross. I think it's only twice a year. At <clears throat> because of all of you, we just did wonderfully, wonderfully well. But I think they are a little less than um, 20% toward, um, well, they're over 80%, I should say it that way, toward their goal for their expenses and their needs. So if you weren't able to contribute during the fund drive, I I would love to urge you to still uh, support them and go and and contribute now. The article that I... Um, highlighted for myself in LifeSite News, um, I think yesterday, it's, I'm not sure, yes, it was yesterday's article, um, is titled, Homesteading as a Response to Our World's Crisis, with a, with a question mark, is homesteading a response to our world's crisis? And this is a report that some of the LifeSite News staff gave, uh, having been to a homesteading conference. And they say, but troubling times of history, which are ever returning, call us to become real and do something to protect our families and friends. And beloved, um, all is not well. All is not well. Our Lord said to St. Julian of Norwich, all shall be well and all shall be well and all manner of things shall be well. That's a famous quote from St. Julian, but it was actually our Lord Jesus' words to St. Julian, and it shall be well, because the gates of hell will not prevail against God's church. <clears throat> but the full um, strength of evil is being released, and um, will continue to be released. Things are not going to get better, they're going to get worse, and I'm not a prophet, I just read lots of things that are happening in the world, um, and in our own country, and totalitarianism taking over, and people giving into it like sheep led to the slaughter because it seems that COVID, uh, the, the invented, uh, planned COVID pandemic um, showed 
those evil powers to enforce that it's nothing to get millions of people to submit to you overnight. All you need to do is issue fear. That's it. And they just succumb. It, it's horrible. And, um, but that is only a prelude to showing how uh, easily we succumb to fear and to what so-called authorities uh, say. And that is leading, um, if you uh, look at a program by a couple last week, uh, John Henry Weston, and I forget the gentleman who's written a book on climate, the lockdown, so-called coming climate control lockdown. It will be worse than COVID lockdown. COVID was just a... um, training wheels for them to see how easily they can control the population. The coming lockdown will be devastating. Many, many people will die. And so we need to know that we can be self-sufficient. We need to learn how to protect ourselves and our families. We need to not depend upon cash any longer. We need to learn to disperse our assets now because they will otherwise be devalued or taken from us. Um, we will not be able to buy or sell uh, without a um, um, international ID code in the form of some chip or something else inserted into us. It, it's it's Twilight Zone. I grew up with Flash Gordon. Um, that was another world. That was science fiction. But it's not science fiction anymore. It's come true and beyond that. It seems that whatever... Uh, uh, novelties or fictions people can write if they can think them eventually they can learn to do them Um, so this seems twilight zone um, all of that but I believe it's on us and you can wake up this morning and the sun is shining you can go to whatever Nordstrom's or Penny's or get your food outside and and do all that and say nah 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 but um, uh You won't be able to do that for very long, and your children won't be able to do that. So um, I want to begin, we'll never finish it today, but to begin to read an article that the LifeSite News staff put together, having attended um, a conference on the survival of not just the family, but everybody. Um, And um, it's uh, surviving off the grid because if you're on the grid, they're going to find you and take you. Um, um, I forget his full name, the gentleman, Mr. Hauk, with seven children, um, 20 to 25 SWAT team members uh, invaded their house with rifles and arrested him in front of his children who are still having nightmares only because he picketed outside of Planned Parenthood or was involved in pro-life efforts. And an article yesterday said that there's another gentleman, father of 11 children, who was arrested. They came to his house, and his children were going out of the house to the car on their way to school, and the men approached them with rifles and told the children to stay there and uh, arrested their dad. And I think there's been 11 or more arrests in the past week or a couple of weeks, only on innocent, peaceful pro-lifers. So blowing up uh, pregnancy centers doesn't get a notice, no police, no no arrest, but being a quiet, um, 
bystander uh, in front of a uh, um, Planned Parenthood clinic uh, in front of a murder factory, um, they get arrested. So um, we're in rough times, beloved. Um, and the article, I'm going to skip the beginning of the article, and, and here's the first subtitle, Self-Sufficiency as a Protection Against Enslavement. And we're here now, beloved. We must, no, no panic here, but it's time. We must now, not next week, become, learn how to become self-sufficient. And they write here, the um, uh, group from LifeSite says, there was no doubt in the minds of many of the speakers at this year's Homesteader Conference that we are heading into difficult times. The writing is on the wall. Um, Uh, this is uh, Lovell, He's a, uh, who said this, a veteran and former member of Special Operations, told his 500 listeners. He reminded us of the plan-demic, food shortages, gasoline price hikes. This was all planned, beloved. No, we're not victims. We are victims. But the government and the so-called authorities are not victims. This has been planned for a long time. The lack of trust in politicians. And yes, He also informed the audience that Bill Gates owns more farmland than anyone else and that there are many food processing plants burning mysteriously in our country. You see, dear ones, if they can take away our self-sufficiency, what we know to do to survive, then we're dependent on them. And all they want is to control every one of us. Listening to the speakers and conversing with participants at this conference, with people from all over this country and even beyond, it was clear that this is a time to restore love for God, country, and family. Founder of the Warrior Poet Society, Lovell, insisted in his speech that one not only needs to homestead, but also to protect one's farmstead. And for that, one needs training and planning. For him, it is clear that at a time of civil unrest or severe food shortages, we are only nine meals away from anarchy. One needs to know one's community and pull together. In order to be able to guard one's own food supplies, one would even need to invite other families to move into the farmstead and to work together in defense of it. Who could be alone and stay up day and night to be on guard? While this sounds perhaps a bit unrealistic and scary, Lovell made it clear that we have had a period of wealth and technology that preceded us and made us forget essential knowledge for survival in a not-so-safe environment. The security in our society, in his eyes, will quickly change. We need forgotten critical knowledge. The husband and father of younger children explained, do not be bullied anymore by globalists, he called out explaining that we have to put trust in God, not in politicians. And he says, my hope is in King Jesus. He exclaimed to the loud applause of his large audience. The atmosphere of this conference was marked by friendliness and warmth. There were many families, people young and old, most of them gun owners. When Lovell asked his audience who owned guns, nearly everyone lifted up his or her hand. 
when we come back from the break, beloved, I'll read his thoughts on how to start a homestead. We must do it now. We are helping to bring the Catholic community together through our Catholic Community Events page. You can discover the details about a community calendar event that you've heard on the air. Just click on the events tab at thestationofthecross.com and find your local station. If your parish or Catholic organization has an upcoming event and you'd like to get the word out, you can submit it for consideration under the events tab as well at thestationofthecross.com. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Morning Show. We're happy to be with you on the Station of the Cross Catholic Media Network each weekday morning at 7 a.m. We strive to keep you informed and inspired with insightful guests and a look at the breaking news of the day. Join us on the Catholic Drive Time Show every weekday morning at 7 a.m. across the Station of the Cross and the iCatholic Radio app. That's every weekday morning at 7 a.m. We look forward to seeing you there. God love you. listening to the station of the cross on your car radio but sometimes find yourself driving outside the listening area never miss another minute of your favorite show download the iCatholic radio app so you can listen anywhere in the world 24 hours a day the iCatholic radio app is available for your phone in the apple store or for your android phone in google play visit the station of the cross.com for more information the Catholic Current, bringing Christ to the world and the world to Christ. When you stop believing in the purpose of religion to be salvation, it basically becomes a game. And the people in charge determine the rules. And, uh, you know, the people now who are propagating all these errors are basically in the, in the false human happiness business. The Catholic Current, 5 p.m. Eastern, from the Station of the Cross and on the iCatholic Radio mobile app. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. Um, you are welcome to call in, dear ones, at any time. <clears throat> we'll, we're going to take your calls, your texts, your emails um, following the next break, and we'll have an entire half hour all to ourselves. The toll-free number to call in with anything at all on your heart doesn't have to be our subject. The heart of the matter is the matter of your heart. Um, and the toll-free number, one 511 5483. You can text at that number as well or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We're talking about, um, we're in the middle of um, a LifeSite news article on how to begin a homestead and the fact being that we must become self-sufficient now. This is not the message of a bunch of worried people or fanatics or this is reality, beloved. Um, if we don't learn now, we're going to be caught on guard, off guard rather, very, very soon. We have to learn to become self-sufficient. We need to store up water and non-perishables, learn how to cook without electricity, uh, learn how to trade or barter even without cash, uh, learn how to grow our own food, protect our families. The time is now. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> and the 
author of the article says, if we wish to return to the basic principles of God, country, and family, the question arises how to go about it. Um, and they have a number of speakers that um, help the audience to know that. And um, I'm going to uh, skip a few things here because we'll uh, not get through the article this morning. Speaking to a crowd of some 800 people, Salatin, uh, the last name of one of the speakers, tried to encourage people to lose their fear of starting a homestead. homestead. Start small, he said, insisting that good enough is perfect. You see, good enough is perfect. Even a small piece of land can be of help to start raising some animals or to grow some vegetables. The founder of the Polyface Farm pointed out that along the highways of Mexico, many a cow is seen grazing and keeping the grass down, while in Italy and other European countries, many a city family has a little garden slot at the outskirts of the city to go to on the weekends. Excuse me. You, many of you know that we just moved to Tyler, Texas from Kansas. Uh, Beloit, Kansas has an entire, I don't know if it's a few acres or what, but families have a plot in those acreage, and they have their own plot where they can be growing their food and vegetables. I remember when I lived in New York, uh, there were vegetable gardens on the roof of flat roofs of a lot of the tall buildings. Salatin also stressed the beauty of living in a quieter life, of living a quieter life in the countryside with less driving, with less, with raising one's children in nature, with bonfires and frogs. He explained that there are many opportunities on the countryside, such as taking care of elderly people on a farm who would welcome the caretaker to farm on their land if one looks for them. Create hope and help when society becomes helpless and hopeless, was Salatin's motto. Create hope and help when society becomes helpless and hopeless. And he encouraged his audience to take care of that creation that God has given us. Faith, he he says, faith stops fear. And love casts out fear. And if you have faith, beloved, you have love. Faith tops fear. The Doherty's, another family, who are Catholic and raised um, uh, and homeschooled eight children on their homestead, gave six farm rules to their audience, which should help them start a farm. These are the rules. One, you can farm anywhere. Two, get rid of the picture of a model farm. Three, all farm energy is solar energy. Four, the farm must feed the farm. Five, capture your water. Six, there is no such thing as waste. You know, I, I took my part of my novitiate in France with the Benedictine order, and they didn't waste a drop of water. Not a dr- <clears throat> All the water that was left over from dinner and glasses Every night was put into pitchers, and the pitchers went to water all the plants and everything else they needed, or wash dishes, or everything else they needed water for. Um, They saved every single thing. Very important to them, the article goes on to say, is to get yourself a dairy cow that gives you milk, yogurt, cheese, kefir, and even feeds some of your other farm animals. 
And blessed be God, we have a wonderful family that donated to us here in Tyler a milk cow. I grew up in the brick of New York, and I'm on the country for the first time in my life, and we have a milk cow. And there's the wonderful family that donated us 10 acres, Sally and Pete Dufek. Um, they have the cow, and them and their children and grandchildren milk the cow morning and night. takes an hour each time, and we have milk and butter they make and yogurt, and it's fantastic. It's just fantastic. Soon we're going to have to take care of that cow ourselves, but we're still unpacking. It's really wonderful. In a very affectionate and lively manner, this couple described the benefits of living on a homestead, raising one's children with a good work ethic, making them problem solvers, and of eating one's own food. They are able to produce, and the people also gave us a greenhouse, and we're getting fruit and uh, watermelon and uh, cantaloupe and um, I don't know what uh, vegetables, um, peppers, and everything from it. It's just fantastic. Um, let's see. They are able to produce 90% of their own food. The Doherty's, whom you can watch working on their farm, if you go to the LifeSite article, they give you a link, have written a book entitled The Independent Farmstead. The Independent Farmstead with which they try to share all their experience of a quarter of a century with other families who wish to become more independent. As Sean Doherty related during his talk, there are now many young families who are actually settling in the vicinity of the Doherty farm. These families, some of which are former students of Doherty at the Franciscan University in Steubenville, Ohio, are now discovering this way of life and are grateful to learn from the Dohertys. I'm, I'm the first time I'm learning of this book, The Independent Farmstead, and I'm going to order it for our community. The Dohertys are so much in love with their farm and the farming way of life, they even started a project called The Healing Land, where they give classes in homesteading. Beth Doherty stressed also the importance of food independence for the sake of a sane life. If one grows one's own food, she stated, one is less prone to be manipulated by politicians. The Dohertys went through the entire coronavirus on their farm unaffected. And homesteading and homeschooling, as she told LifeSite, go hand in hand. These are only a few examples of these encouraging and inspiring talks during the two-day Homesteaders of America event in Front Royal. Make sure to check their website and sign up for the next year's event. And I, I would just say go to LifeSiteNews.com, homesteading titled Homesteading as a Response to Our World's Crisis. Homesteading as a Response to Our World's Crisis. And you will get all this and every link they provide. <clears throat> Another woman named Amy, Amy Fuel, who founded the Homesteaders of America in 2016 with a booming success since her first conference in 2017, has a lot to say on why people should consider homesteading. In an article written for the 2022 conference booklet, she reminded her readers of the Great Depression, and she's convinced that it will happen again. And I'm convinced, beloved, personally, I cannot say exactly how the evil um, so-called politicians, uh, authorities, 
people in power in this country. Uh, and I think we've seen enough of our president, uh, so-called Catholic president, and everything he comes out with almost every day to know that they are being ruled by Satan himself. There is nothing of God, of truth, of decency, of sanity, of family, in everything they say, everything they come out with is to destroy the family and control the population. And in order to control the population, they have to kill off a large percentage of it. And that is the, um, the, the uh, goal of everything they're doing. Um, let me see what else she says. Um, uh, fuel pointed to the decline of the GDP um, in our country and the increase of our national deficit, which is around $2.8 trillion, while at the same time the recession of 1936, it was only $33.7 billion. Now it's way, way higher, and that was a recession. For her and her family, it was the 2009 recession that prompted them to realize that the way we were living life was not going to work if this recession happened again. <clears throat> Both are now self-employed and run a homestead in Virginia. Fuel calls these steps the best experience and moves in our life. It has enabled us to be prepared for next time. And I'll tell you, beloved, as a little religious community, which we are, and we're bringing women in finally and, and beginning to grow. We, we're still unpacking and still filling our mobile homes, uh, and hopefully we'll have a, a monastery on the, on the land. Um, but for us to have fresh raw milk and, and, and butter and grow our own vegetables and um, what else are we doing and, and beginning to live off the land, it's just, and, and just being in the country and being free from uh, the rules of politicians and not having to wear masks and all that, it's so, so magnificent. It's so magnificent. She says that... Um, Friends, when looking at the graphs and numbers, it's time for another recession. She continued in her article. The beauty of it, however, is that I know many of you, she says, are absolutely prepared for it. Since starting the Homesteaders of America, she and her team have helped hundreds of thousands of people gain the skills, mindset, and education in order to face troubled times like what may be ahead. And I'm going to say it is ahead, and it's not very far in the future. It's already coming upon us now. Already coming upon us now. Um, uh, oh, there's so much in the news, beloved. There's so much in the news. Um, I saw an article yesterday on children being made to eat insects, to, to eating chips with filled with insects. Uh, as protein so that we don't need meat anymore it, it we're going to die from all this it's terrible um their their only interest is not keeping us healthy but controlling us and killing off a large percentage of us and then making us transhumans i know it sounds like i'm reading some kind of science fiction but it's on us beloved if we blind if we don't believe it if we don't get involved now and do something about it to protect our families, we're going to be slaves. We're going to be slaves of the government and the environment. We will be their slaves. And if we do this, 
we'll not only protect ourselves physically, but we'll become families again. We'll homeschool our children. We'll stay together as families and help one another. We'll be right back after the break. For 2,000 years, we've helped the poor and comforted the sick. We've educated generations of children, developed the scientific method and college system. We support marriage and human life. Guided by the Holy Spirit, we compiled the Bible. We are the Catholic Church. With over one billion in our family, sharing in the fullness of Christian faith in the church started by Jesus. If you've been away, visit catholicscomehome.org today. Welcome home. This is Franciscan Media Saint of the Day for October 13th. Today we celebrate Blessed Marie Rose du Rocher. Drawn to religious life, poor health kept her from pursuing this vocation. Instead, she spent 13 years as housekeeper, hostess, and parish worker for her priest brother's parish in the village of Bouloil. As a young woman, Eulalie hoped that one day there would be a community of teaching sisters for every Montreal parish. Well known for her graciousness, courtesy, leadership, and tact, she was called the Saint of Beloyal. Eulalie's spiritual director encouraged her to begin her own community, which she was reluctant to do. Finally agreeing, she and two friends moved into a house across the St. Lawrence River from Montreal, where they began a boarding school with 13 students. Poverty, trials, sickness, and slander marked the next six years of Sister Marie Rose's life. But from her strong will, intelligence, and common sense were born the Sisters of the Holy Name of Jesus and Mary, a congregation dedicated to education in the faith. Marie-Rose du Rocher died in 1849 and was beatified in 1982. There's more about the saints along with inspiration and Catholic resources at our website, saintoftheday.org. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved. Mother Miriam Live. This is our half hour together, and I'm just thrilled for it. And um, I'm not going to continue reading our uh, the article on um, beginning a homestead, but if you're living in the 30th floor of an apartment uh, building in New York, you can do this. Uh, on the roof, in the home, uh, in a plot in the city, you can begin this, and you must in order to survive. So I would want to encourage everyone to go to LifeSite News and read the article on homesteading. It just came out yesterday. It's tremendously helpful, and many links there that will help you. Um, I, I think it's vital. I think it's vital, dear ones. Um, so if you have anything on your heart whatsoever, feel free to call in toll-free 1-877-511-5483. We have a whole half hour to ourselves. And then uh, you may email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. And you may text at the number as well. And we already have a text from someone who texts anonymously. And you may always call in even anonymously. You don't have to give your name. So not to worry. 
And this one writes, how many women are in your community and are you cloistered? Well, um, we have had over 100 women uh, contact us to um, uh, inquire about entry into our community. Um, we moved from Tulsa, Oklahoma, where we were asked to leave, and the women with us had to leave. Um, and um, we were uh, put out of St. Louis before that. So we've had a little history of being put out of diocese, and um, we could not take women in uh, very long in Kansas either. So now we're in Tyler, Texas, and we have two mobile homes, and we can only hold 12. But we are hoping, with God's grace, to build a little monastery on our land where we have a beautiful Benedictine monk who's uh, designed it for us, but hasn't charged us a single penny. But to build it is probably going to take a few million dollars. We haven't even put that together yet. So um, at the moment, we can be up to 12, maybe 13. Um, and then um, the other question, the end of the question is, are you cloistered? We're not cloistered. We do have, we're not 13 yet. We do have, um, um, we're six, we have, uh, we're four. Presently, we're four. We have two women more entering. We have three coming in two weeks uh, to discern. We have many, many women that want to discern. So we're we're taking them as we can get room set up for them, and soon we'll have twelve or thirteen. And if we need to buy a third mobile home, we'll do that. Um, but we're building a little monastery to take thirty. So um, as many as we can, and we do take all ages. Um, we have many, many women that are excited because they're in their uh, 60s, 50s, 60s, even beyond, and they are looking to enter religious life. And um, uh, Mother Teresa said, it's never too late to love God. We want to take everyone that is fit to begin, uh, healthy enough to begin religious life. Um, and so, um, but we want to keep, uh, we always want to keep a balance of as many women young, old, before, younger than 50 as we have older than 50. So we keep that balance. Um, so the youngest one we have entered at 18, she's now 19. Um, and the oldest one we have is me, and I'm 150. So there you go. But um, um, So we, we will take anyone, but we have many requests from older women, and we just say this is good, but we need to wait until we have an equal amount um, and we do, and we have three young women coming in two weeks uh, to discern. So, uh, and we're not cloistered. Our our main uh, charism, we exist to help restore God's design for the family. I've said many times that I believe the family is God's instrument to build His kingdom, um, and therefore the enemy's number one target to destroy. And this whole thing about same-sex marriage, there is no such thing or same-sex unions, or LGBTQ, whatever it is, um, is only an attempt to destroy the family. That's all it is. That's Satan's attempt to destroy the family. Does God love everybody? He loves everyone. Did he die for everyone? Yes. Are all welcome. All are welcome to salvation. But they need to repent, and they need to turn to God and leave their sinful ways. Okay. Let me see now. Um, we have um, a text from another person who writes anonymously and says, Mother Miriam, I need your help. Can you please direct me to a Catholic book 
that explains that the transgender, LGBTQ, etc. movement is not a part of the Catholic teaching. Yes, the Bible. That's it. That's it. I'll have to look up a couple of verses for you, but um, that's it. Uh, murderers, homosexuals. Hold, hold on a minute. First um, Corinthians six nine. Do you know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Uh, let me just see this. Hold on now. Um, do not be deceived. Neither immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor robbers will inherit the kingdom of God. But God is loving and merciful. That's right. That's why he died for them. Does he love them? Yes. Will they be in heaven with him because of his love? Not if they don't repent and turn to God and leave their evil, wicked ways. That's the gospel. And this person continues, I'm being confronted by someone who insists that Jesus loves everyone. That's exactly right. And even they will be in heaven. No, they won't. Not if they don't repent. This person says they are not bad people. If they aren't bothering you, leave them alone. Well, that's if you're selfish. I'm not going to leave people alone if they're not bothering me. I love them the way God loves them. I'm going to not leave them alone if I love them. I care for their souls. And I'm going to do, try every way I can to bring them into the truth. And this person says, I know they're not bad people. Good or bad, I can't judge. Nobody, Jesus said, is good but God alone. Um, but everyone has sinned and falls short of the glory of God. And if they don't repent, that's what hell is for. Hell is for the devil and his angels and anyone who refuses to worship and obey God. They're not bad people. They're misguided. They are by the devil and by original sin, but also by their own will. Jesus said to the Jewish leaders in Scripture, um, um, uh, what did he say? I have come that you may have life and have it to the full, but you will not come to me that you might have life. Yes, I came that you might have life, but you will not come to me. It's their will. So she says, help me please God's blessings. So go to your go to God, BibleGateway.com and put in the word homosexual or anything else, and you will see that um, they will not be in heaven apart from repentance. Read the whole book of 1 Corinthians. That was first. That was Apostle Paul's, the first church he founded, and he, he wrote his first letter to them because he left them to go on his missionary journey, and they were... They returned to all kinds of sin, and he wrote them and said, you will not enter heaven. There's incest, there's people receiving the Eucharist unworthily, and if you receive the Eucharist unworthily, as our president is doing, as Nancy Pelosi and other politicians are doing, you bring condemnation to yourself. Okay, let's see now. Um... Let me, okay, there's a, um, an email from Jessica, um, and she says, Good morning, Mother Miriam. Over the years, I've really enjoyed your commentary and the beautiful truths that you share on so many important topics and issues. Although there are tons of, there is tons of information on NFP, that's natural family planning out there, 
I wanted to get a traditional Catholic approach to the topic and suggestions on resources to read. Here is the situation. My husband and I find ourselves in. We are a Catholic family of six, and I am now expecting our seventh. My oldest is about to turn 13 next week, so I will have seven kids, 13 years and under. My youngest is just going to turn one next week also, God bless you, and I have a a two-and-a-half-year-old. I also homeschool my kids, bless you, bless you, bless you, and care for them pretty much by myself every day so my husband can work and provide for our family. Good. As the head of the household, uh, right, I'm sorry, I'm reading this wrong, so my husband can work and provide for our family as the head of the household. Good. Needless to say, although every child is a blessing that will bring us much joy in our lives, This is a great stressor in our already very stressful and overwhelming life. Okay, now. um, I'm going to continue reading your email before I comment. As a wife and mother, I am already stretched so thin, and I have so much on my plate on a daily basis that I feel I am always in a bad mood trying to get the kids to do what needs to be done daily. I am an organized person, but with so many kids and little ones, it's impossible to have much order and routine. And every so often, a new baby arrives, and we all have to readjust. Homeschooling is a huge responsibility. Caring for the children in home. It is all what I desire and definitely feel it's God's will for us. I pray about this regularly, but I cannot deny that my mental state is strained and overwhelmed much of the time. I have inquired from our church for a mother's helper, and I have no family nearby to help for free. At this point, there are not any free and trustful options for me. My husband is incredibly stressed out as he is the only income earner and our expenses have increased at least 30% with inflation and the growing family. He is barely home as it is and we barely get any quality family time already and it is about to get even busier. I feel like he could very honestly be on the verge of a mental breakdown and the thought that there could be an eighth or more, sends him to a spiraling meltdown. It is definitely a major cause of tension in our marriage. He does not want to take any permanent or surgical measures, good. But I do want to know what our real options are as Catholics in a very stressful state right now. Obviously, it would not, it would only be a real concern after the baby arrives and at the return of my fertility. I have been monitoring my fertility over the years and loosely following NFP, trying to balance respecting my husband's concerns while still being completely open to life. I think you can see which side has been winning so far. I don't want to offend God, and I want our salvation as a top priority. I also want to respect my husband's very real and strong concerns and thoughts about this. I personally, you know, I'm reading this completely. I think you have spoken right now, uh, uh, dear one, for many, many families. I think you are speaking for them. 
She says, I personally am completely open to whatever God gives me in this life and or how much work and discomfort I must live in this life. I know that that is my path to heaven, but I cannot deny that my complete openness to anything is so stressful for my husband, who craves some stability and has a much harder time adjusting to change. There's the music for our final break, beloved. This is so crucial an email, and I have two very important thoughts for you, but I want to continue and finish reading your email, which we will do coming right from the break. So don't go away, dear ones. I'm going to, I'm going to answer this following the break. We may have time for one call or two. Uh, we can give it a try, toll-free, 1-877-511-5483. The email address is mother at thestationofthecross.com. We're going to return to this email so that I can respond as soon as we come back from the break. Don't go away. Hello, beloved. This is Mother Miriam. Many of you are familiar with Mother Miriam Live, but I wonder if you have listened to some of the other programs from the Station of the Cross, such as The Catholic Current. Father Robert McTagg discusses important topics in the church and in the world each weekday at 5 p.m. Eastern. You can listen anytime to The Catholic Current as a podcast on the iCatholic Radio mobile app. This is Jesse Romero, host of Jesus 911, heard weekdays at 2 p.m. Eastern. I'm joined each day by a variety of co-hosts like Ruben Nava, Paul Clay, Dan Schneider, and my amazing wife, Anita Romero. We tackle Catholic devotions, spiritual warfare, family life, saving America, and everything in between. Join us each weekday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific for Jesus 911. You can also catch a bonus encore Saturdays at noon Eastern. God bless you. Keep the faith. The Station of the Cross thanks our supporters who have enabled us to broadcast Catholic programs for more than 20 years. As a nonprofit lay organization financially independent from your diocese, our apostolate is listener supported. Through your generosity, we are able to inspire countless listeners with the gospel message and help lead them to a parish to be spiritually nourished by the sacraments. Thank you for your continued support and may God bless you and your family. Keep up to date with the shows we bring you each day on the Station of the Cross by viewing our programming grid on our website, thestationofthecross.com, and on our iCatholic Radio app. Just click the menu icon in the top left portion of our app and select the link to our programming grid. That's at thestationofthecross.com and on our free iCatholic Radio app for Android and Apple mobile devices. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. Uh, this is our last segment. We have about 10 minutes and we write... Um, toward the end of an email from Jessica, who um, says um, that 
let me just uh, repeat the beginning situation. Um, we are a Catholic family of six. I'm now expecting my seventh. So she will have, once her baby is born, seven children under 13. And um, she says that both she and her husband are incredibly stressed out. She homeschools her children. Um, you know, she's very organized, but uh, as one more baby comes, she has to reorganize things. And it's extremely stressful for her. And her husband is the only breadwinner for the family. Is tremendously, seems even more than her, stressed out with each new baby. And what is the role of the right role of natural family planning? Let me just continue this. The end of this email, and I'll respond. Um, Jessica says that her husband is incredibly stressed out, and she says, "I'm not so sure if th- those are right words to express his feelings." He has faith in God's plan in our lives, but also realizes that we have to make decisions in our day-to-day lives and cannot just wait around for things to happen. After this child arrives, this will be a major cause of tension and will definitely affect our intimacy. He is scared out of his mind, and I can see how much anxiety he has being the only provider for our family. And as we grow older, continuing, continuing having an expanding family, he also always asks me, where does it say that in the Bible? Anytime I mention how we have to be open to life every time, etc. Um, so any resources, biblical or not, would be wonderful. So every time Jessica says we have to be open to life at any time, he says, where does it say that in the Bible? She says, thank you and God bless. Um, two things, Jessica. As far as your husband being the only breadwinner, that's God's design. Women are to be home raising their children. And it's not they only who raise their children. And homeschooling is not only a mother's job, it's the parent's job, even though the mother has the bulk of it during the day, but the father needs to be part of that evenings and weekends and jump into it with the children. Um, it's, It's normal for the father to be the only breadwinner, but it's also normal for the family to learn how to, let me go back to the article we read at the beginning of this program, how to homestead, how to begin to produce their own needs. So, for example, if a mother lives in a city and she doesn't have a farm, um, she might be able to, um, if she has a certain skill that she can do from home, that's a possibility. Um, uh, Sew for people, take laundry in. Um, You know, I know one family where the wife bakes cinnamon buns and gets tons of orders from the parish for them and, you know, a number of things like that. It sounds like with your children and the seventh one on its way, uh, on his his or her way, you you probably wouldn't be able to do that. But um, it is normal for the husband to be the only breadwinner. Now, I don't know what his job is. You said he's hardly ever home. I don't know why. I hope he's not on the road uh, with your raising those seven children by yourself. Um, I don't know if he's working more than 40 hours a week or if he has three jobs. I don't know the situation with him. That would be very important. But my suggestion, dear Jessica, is that you would call, you would read that article on LifeSite News on homesteading and that you would get a hold of the book on homesteading 
and some of those homeschooling families with 13 or more children because it's a happy family and the wife is not stressed out and the husband's not stressed out and the husband generally is off working unless they have a real farm that they all farm together but the husband's off working and the wife is raising 13 children and they're all working a farm or a homestead and they're not stressed out i've met these families and they're happy, tremendous families. And the older children diaper, diaper the babies and teach them their schooling. The mother doesn't have to do it all. You, your oldest is about to turn 13. I don't know if it's a boy or girl at the moment, but that's old enough for a 13-year-old to be able to teach the babies who are kindergarten age and first and second grade. You don't have to do it all. Um, you can be a part of it, but but you know just as teachers learn um, more when they teach that when they go to school themselves, uh, I always learn more by teaching others than by teaching myself. Um, it, it's a wonderful thing to get those children fully involved, not just in chores in the house, but in the entire family, really taking care of the children, and again teaching them. and And if you have older girls, ten and over. They can begin making meals. They, they can do so. I've been ironing myself and cleaning since I'm five years old. And we didn't have 13 children. We only had three, but we were all involved in what had to be done. So um, I'm not suggesting a five-year-old should iron. I did. But, um, but what I would love for you to do is um, get a hold of homesteading families, of mothers with 13 children or, or less or six or whatever it is, that are happy, that even they make their own clothes for their children. It's an, or they can buy things online or in the stores, but that may not be available too much longer. So um, it's amazing how they do things and what they make use of. We're just beginning to learn those things. It's so tremendous. Um, the people that milk our cow bring us full and gallons and and we learn to take the cream off so we have cream for coffee and to make butter and all it's just tremendous and it's thrilling for the family and all your children get involved uh, it's a wonderful thing but god has designed this jessica he has not designed us to be stressed out by raising a family he has not designed us for that so seven children is not too much for a mother who stays home and a father who ha is the breadwinner. It's not too much. It's the question of getting some tutoring and learning how to do it and to relax and letting good enough be good enough. Uh, I think I read in the article, good enough is perfect. If you're a perfectionist, you're gonna, you'll, you will stress out. Don't worry about that. Good enough is perfect. Um, I think it was G.K. Chesterton who said, whatever is worth doing is worth doing poorly. So don't worry about that. As far as NFP is concerned, um, the church is against birth control. Natural family planning is not Catholic birth control, but it is learning uh, the, the rhythm of the woman's body in order to plan or delay uh, further births of children where there is a great financial stress, uh, psychological, emotional stress, all of that. In your situation, my thought is you can practice natural family planning. Again, uh, taking nothing but uh, the keeping track of the rhythm of your body 
and uh, uh, coming apart during your fertile times. And uh, instead of being intimate during those times, you would simply come apart and it would be a time for prayer, going on dates with your husband, whatever that may be. But um, I would say that natural family planning with the degree of you and your husband being so stressed out and his being having such fear, I think that would be legitimate for you to practice that for a time. But during the time, you can learn from uh, women, from families who have learned how to have 10 children, whatever it is, and be happy, not be stressed out, because that stress is being passed on to the children. They need to grow up in a happy, free, loving, God-filled, godly home. So don't be alone in this, Jessica. Read the article on homesteading on LifeSite News and uh, use some of those links. Go ahead with natural family planning until you have some things uh, at a peaceful state. God bless you, dear. God bless all of you. We'll speak with you tomorrow.